Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Caleb McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. What is going on, Internet? It's Austin Cook, and welcome to this new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Caleb Mecklemore, and today is the first of two chapters of a very important development in our entire podcasting career. Close enough. It's important for our podcast, because for the first time in the history of our long and fabled podcast we are talking about (laughs) a very special anime and i know that a lot of people are probably like oh they're covering anime that's so cool and if you hadn't guessed by the title that you literally clicked on when you started listening to this podcast you'd probably be guessing like oh are they gonna do uh are they gonna do full metal alchemist are they gonna do cowboy bebop close but we're actually doing something that a lot of people may not have seen coming. But it's something that is perfectly fitting to our humor. It's something that Caleb recommended, and I'm so glad he did because it's something that I've wanted to watch for a long time and finally did. Today, we are exploring the first half of the anime series Space Dandy. And I am so excited that we're, we're doing this. One, because... <clears throat> Uh, I I didn't know since Austin had not seen it. I didn't know if I would be able to convince him to watch it because as I was as we were kind of as we were talking before we started recording, I didn't know how to properly describe this show that would like give it justice or give him any semblance of an idea of what to expect. Besides just being like it's a comedy, and that's not good. Like that's that tells you nothing. So you're just like, okay, so it's funny. that What kind of humor? And it's all I can sit there and be like is, yes. And uh, I've loved this show for years. And so just get, any excuse I can have to talk about it, I will jump at. So I'm super excited for this. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, we're going to add a content warning. just so that you guys know like this isn't a show for kids and it's not like obscenely graphic or anything like there's hardly any violence to speak of and it's silly but there's certain like sexual situations and innuendos and well (laughs) to put it lightly but (laughs) some are subtle some are literally slapping you upside the head with it yeah they're Good choice of words there, Caleb. But (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot in this where it's like, if you're under the age of, I want to say 13, you should probably maybe not listen to this yet, which if you are listening to this and you hear me say that, probably just makes you want to listen to it more because psychology is a funny thing. But that's our official. Don't don't Bugs Bunny a bunch of kids. (laughs) Yeah, this is our, our content warning. So if your child listens to this and then 
I get some angry email and they're like, my son loves your podcast and he listened to you talk about a show that said boobies like a lot, a a lot. That's actually like, it's not even just talking about boobies. I can't believe we're talking like saying (laughs) this is is so like, I feel like 12 years old. (laughs) It's an actual setting in the story. So just be prepared for that. (laughs) And that's our official warning for y'all. Also, I might drop one F bomb and I'm just saying it'll be beeped out. So you won't have to cry yourself to sleep knowing that I cursed and (laughs) (laughs) I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah. And the biggest reason just so we're just establishing this is like, it's kind of like, um, a lot of times with like with some anime, especially if it's like bright and colorful, which this show is, it's one of his biggest strengths is just the artwork is beautiful and bright and colorful. And so it can kind of make you get, it can get the wrong impression of what you're in for. But just for those that don't know, this is the same guy who did make Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo and Outlaw Star. And if you know those shows, you know those aren't for kids either. So just put it in the same vein as those. Even oddly enough, I don't think kids, well, Kids on the Slope is a manga, but most of the things that he's worked on are not, you should know by now. And yeah. <laughs> if no, you're I- just stumbling upon it because you're curious or like, if you don't even know anime and you're listening to an anime episode, which I mean, good for you. Good for yeah, you expanding awesome. your palate. I appreciate that. But be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> but all that to say, is just, it's just to make you aware. So like when you're watching it, you're not just suddenly like, what is happening? Because the first words you hear, well, actually the first is when you get the amazing, uh, let me see if I can find it real fast. The, uh, cause I just want to say it out loud. The little like opening jingle that the narrator says before it goes into the theme song. <laughs> I uh, love, well, we, we get like yeah. a very telling character moment in the first, like opening moments of this show. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to break down like every single aspect of like these episodes. Like, you know, we'll, we'll do like kind of a brief overview as we go along, but you know, it's not going to be a plot summary because Caleb, how are we going to summarize the plots? <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's the other thing is this show, like, it gives you an overarching plot that you think it's going to be, like, a huge deal in the first episode. And mm-hmm. I was telling Austin, it doesn't touch on it again until, like, the second or third to last episode. It's like, oh, yeah, we might want to wrap that up. And, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we established that. So it's like there's Chekhov's gun, but the gun is yeah. not loaded for a very long time. But I just want to get because the, the narrator, which is, uh, the narrator actually plays a role, but you don't find that out until like the last episode. It's, I think it's pretty cool. So I'm going to keep, I don't want to spoil it. Cause I want Austin to find that out on his own since he hasn't seen the second half yet, but the opening bit with the narrator, it literally just says, you know, space dandy. He's a dandy guy in space. He combs the galaxy like his pompadour on the hunt for aliens. Planet after planet, he searches, discovering bizarre new creatures, both friendly and not. These are the spectacular adventures of space dandy and his brave space crew in space. So that doesn't tell you this is meant to be goofy because they said space like four or five times in three sentences. Also, just, I mean, the obvious. His name's Space Dandy. Yeah. 
Like that's not a nickname. That's legit his name. <laughs> like he's space dandy, a dandy in space. And I was like, oh god, here we go. That's yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> and as we're saying, big reason why we give this con, like the little disclaimer about what you're going to be in for. Is the very first line out of Dandy's mouth is him just going on about how uh, people talk too much about boobs and not enough about butt. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's that's kind of how we get an introduction to his character, which I mean, it's very childish, but yep. <laughs> there's no other way I could think to put that. And yep. it's not a bad thing, but it does tell you a lot about the character. And e- even like immature humor has a purpose. And this show is, well, the show is brilliant at giving you immature humor in a mature way. Yes. And th- that uh, doesn't mean that it gets like, oh, like we're just going to have boobs and, and guns and blood. And yeah, like, yeah, that is it's making fun of that. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for that, go watch Kill the Kill. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's so many other animes that you can watch that will give you that dose of that. This show will not, but it yeah. does have a lot of commentary on fan service, especially in anime, which if you don't know what fan service is, well. I'm going to tell you right now. Fan service <laughs> is a very telling name and it's an anime where they're just like, Hey, look at this character's butt. Hey, yep. look at this character when they're running. Like, it doesn't matter the situation. Sometimes they'll be running from something serious and there will be a jiggle effect. That's all I'm going to yep. say. And you're just like, why? Yep. Fan why? Service. <laughs> what, what is happening? Why? Yeah, I mean, it can also mean other things, but fan service nine times out of ten, especially in anime, that's what it's referring to. Right. So, um, and there's some worse offenders than that, particularly if any of you have seen High School of the Dead, which <laughs> I, I'm not here to dunk on that show. Um, I mean, why would I? But also, you know, like. It's just it's a show that knows its audience, and it's yeah. just one of those shows where you're just like, this is a serious situation. Why are you? Why is that happening? And that's right. that's just anime. That that's you got to know what you're getting into. <laughs> well, I think Austin, you, you put it best once when you said like it's unapologetically itself, mm-hmm. and Space Dandy is the like, it is the epitome of being unapologetically itself. Because so in this first episode, um, it's very much a pre-standard pilot episode. At least initially, it gets insane later. But initially, it just starts off of doing like what most pilots do of how do you get the main cast together? And so Dandy's an alien hunter where you only get paid if you bring in unregistered or at least very rare aliens. Mm -hmm. And his robot companion is QT, who you find out later thought he thought it was a vacuum cleaner and was kind of shocked to find out it's a robot. (laughs) And, um, And they're searching for stuff. And then they travel to the local restaurant called boobies where they're trying. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, and they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, it's not, there's things like twin peaks and all that. So like, let's not act like the real world doesn't have its own on the nose names, but, um, (laughs) and it's by uh, design too. It's not like this is like, Oh, uh, you know, like, it knows what it's doing to you and it doesn't yeah. give you everything. It just is there to be like, look, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's like, it's like some of the jokes on Rick and Morty where it's like, 
when like Rick's like Morty, it's not that deep. Just laugh at the joke. And um, perfect example. That's that's actually the perfect way to put this. Is like just just laugh. Please please yeah. clap. <laughs> yeah, it's, different it's, it's energy. That, but <laughs> and, uh, it, it's it's not that deep. You don't have to make some like crazy fan theory. It's just the joke is exactly what you think it is. But um, it's Hooters in space, guys. <laughs> yeah, but they go there and they find this uh, Beetlejuicean that they think is a rare alien. And in an over-the-top, you guys just see it for yourself mentality, Dandy finds a way to capture him just to find out he's not rare. He's just a regular old, oh, I guess Beetlejuicean. And because his name is too hard to pronounce and he looks like a cat, Dandy names him Meow and it just sticks. That's a running joke, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, he keeps telling people that it's not my name. It's like, it is now. So funny. (laughs) I... I love that it keeps coming back because the thing for me is like meow is one of my favorite characters. Like obviously like Dandy gets most of the spotlight and he's definitely the quirkiest and the most like, well, ridiculous because mm-hmm. it is his show, but <laughs> yeah. we, we still have like an interesting dynamic with all the characters because QT, the robot underrated. I, oh, yeah. I love QT. QT is probably the best character in the show besides Dandy. Meow is one of the more interesting that gets layers to him because he's a character that has a different backstory than QT. QT is yeah. just like, why have you not updated me? And <laughs> it, he forgets to like mention like super important information about where they're going. Like there's an episode where they're like, oh, let's go to this planet and find these aliens. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that this is a war zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. As uh, they're flying into like an area that where there's a dog fight happening and you're like, oh, yeah, you could have told me that. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Or like they're like just warp us down there and they're like just standing there awkwardly like I mean I was like, why are we not moving? He's like, it's <laughs> out of date. It takes a minute. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so like it, as you can imagine, it's indirect, I guess like not not parallel, but like to show you it kind of has that same like it's the comedic take on Bebop where Dandy is just a go- super goofy, idiotic, immature version of Spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really like a Jet or a Faye, but like the whole like crew of QT, Meow, and Dandy, like they're kind of a spoof on the crew of Bebop where they're like serious and like trying to accomplish like actual like important things. They're just screwing around and hoping it works. Yeah. And <laughs> you're like, uh, hello. <laughs> like- yeah, cause, yeah. The other thing, and you talked about this, uh, when we were talking earlier, Austin, how much it cracks you up. Dandy's being hunted the entire time and he doesn't realize it. He like we don't even know exactly what he's done to the extent where he's angered the wrath of an entire like intergalactic empire. And he just has no idea. It, yeah. But the people pursuing him like they come off as a threat and then something unbelievably stupid will happen and they'll blow up. and. Yep. Or like their boss will get super mad and throw a tantrum and then immediately just kill him. And yep. then, but they come back. That's the thing. Yeah. They come back. <laughs> they, yeah. There's just, like, I, I felt like I was going insane. Cause I was like, after this first episode, like spoiler alert, kind of, I mean, no, no. Like if you're listening to this already, you've either heard of it or you're interested to the point that you're okay with spoilers. And this is somehow not a spoiler. That this is somehow not a spoiler. Everyone dies in the first episode. 
Yep, because they get cornered, and Dandy's just like, screw this, and presses like his ultimate like fail-safe move, which sets off a explosion. It's like basically like the equivalent of a star imploding. And and QT goes, Oh, how are we gonna get out of here before the blast catches us? And he goes, Oh, I didn't think of that. And yeah. it just goes all white and it just says the end. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, un- I Okay, so I'll, I'll give a little context before I give you my my genuine honest reaction to what happened when I watched this. <laughs> and I I watched this and I was like, "Hey, this is pretty fun. Like it's silly. It's a little over-sexualized. Like it feels but by design." And I was like, "It feels like it was made for people who are looking back on themselves as teenage boys and going, wow, I was a dork and having like, it, it's full of commentary. It's very goofy. It's very silly. Our main characters are idiots. And that's kind of what we love about them. Cause like they may be dopey idiots, but they're really, really, really empathetic. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Cause they're just, they're people. And in, in a weird way, like, you sort of you sort of feel for them. Yeah. They they have kind of a similar trajectory of like a lot of the characters from Cowboy Bebop where they're just like, "Hey, we need money." Like, we need ramen, which <laughs> That's episode 2. That's episode 2. <laughs> I somehow, somehow because yeah, Caleb, like, this show does not care about continuity. This show is oh, just it like does not. I, Oh my god! Oh, I was waiting for that. I knew because we've been doing, we've been at this long enough. We're like, I've kind of like, as soon as I was like, "Hey, let's do this," I was like, "Oh, this is gonna stress him out." (laughs) Oh my god, Caleb, you know me so well because (laughs) as someone who's a writer, and I, I went in pretty much blind to this. Like, I knew that it was a comedy. I knew it was made by a creator that I vastly admire and respect, and really like his work, and. I was like, okay, this will be a lot of fun. It, it definitely looks like a, a bit of a a bit of a different step. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And then when I realized that this entire show is centered around the idea of you can watch any episode at any time and it won't matter because as long as you watch them all, you will understand kind of a semblance of what's going on. But mm-hmm. this show says continuity can die. And, <laughs> and I want to respect it for that i do respect it for that but oh was i mad (laughs) oh was i mad when every single main character that we'd been introduced to immediately died in the first episode and then it said the end and i'm sitting there the the, the closing (laughs) theme is playing and i'm just i'm sitting there and i'm staring at the screen and i pause it and i think for maybe like 10, 10, 20 seconds. And <laughs> I just, I look up and out loud to no one in particular, I just sit there and I'm like, you, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> when he texted me that, I, I was di- for 10 minutes. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I couldn't think of any other way to put it. I was like, you, you did this oh. to me. You. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think the show just throws so much at you right out the gate because it's like, okay, it's like a, it kind of reminds me of like a Legion of if you get past the first episode, it's like, okay, you've made it past the test. Well, now we'll show you the rest of it. Oh and- my gosh. This, oh my gosh. This is so much like Legion 
and fully coolly. And I know I mentioned that to you before we started talking, but the entire premise and the entire just like complete insanity story turn that this takes. This show is basically like Cowboy Bebop and Fooly Cooly had a baby and that baby is trying to tell a story, but it gets distracted. And By every shiny object, it, it's like, ooh, shiny. But like this baby is also brilliant and has social commentary that like yeah. I, <laughs> I can't think of any other way to describe this show except like if you've seen Fooly Cooly and you want to like watch something that has a storyline that will not make you feel like you just like got drugged. This is your show. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And to, to Austin's point, episode two, you literally go from them dying to they're alive again. They don't acknowledge how they came back though. As I've told Austin, like the second half, they kind of do, they, they start throwing stuff out there where you're like, Oh, I think I understand now. Um, but the second episode, they're just trying to find some ramen. Because apparently, it's really good. And this is when they start poking, like, lovingly poke fun at anime. Because, Austin, did you catch some of the, like, like, the, like the, there's a, the ramen shop that was, like, full metal, like, alchemist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, just doing little references like that. And it's that simple. Oh, this is one of the few times Dandy almost realizes he's being stalked by this, well... The Google, I mean, sorry, Google Empire, totally not Google, but um, uh, yeah, they even use Google Maps to find him. And, and, and so, <laughs> uh, I was just like, I was like, I'll let that sit. It's like, someone, please laugh. There's, but, no, um, there's nothing that I need to add. <laughs> but, uh, but then it's like they're trying to find this drama and they're tracking them because Meow, they also pull, like, he is. Like you said, they're idiots, they're empathetic, but because they're idiots, that means they naturally have flaws. So right. Meow is just like addicted to his phone and being on the internet and being on Twitter, which has become more relevant since the show came out. And uh, he's constantly checking in on where they go, which is telling Gogol where they are. And that's how they keep finding them. And despite all of this, Danny still doesn't put together these guys are after him. Uh, and just. I don't know. I don't know where you find out Scarlet, who's the lady at the registration place that tells you whether or not your alien is actually worth money. She just wipes the floor with some of the guards because she's really good at martial arts. Yeah, no, she's 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 a great underrated character. There's a lot of great side characters in this. She's one that like she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, but whenever she's there, you're like you're enjoying yourself. It, it's oh, yeah. she's a great addition to the cast. Oh yeah, and they do eventually find the ramen that's apparently otherworldly because it's literally in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. And at first you're like, "This is weird," and then it takes this surprising because they all they had a ton of different aliens designs and stuff. So like this alien with this design, he has like this tragic, literally sounds like West Side Story, like tragic like backstory of like how he. And then he stumbled into a ramen shop and learned how to make ramen. And now he makes it. And it's just like, what? It was really sweet, though. <laughs> no, was, no, it's good. That was crazy. the part that caught me off guard. I was like, wait, this is super emotional. <laughs> and that's what this show does. You're just sitting there laughing or just kind of like rolling your eyes at the cheesiness. And you're just like, wait a second. That's actually like 
I felt that. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple times in this series, like especially with Meow and even an episode with QT, where I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, then we'll get to those. But like, and obviously like Austin said, we're not going to cover these beat for beat because one, it's mm-hmm. kind of impossible to because mm-hmm. if we tell you everything that happened, you're going to think we're lying. We're just going to so, sound like, like we're crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And all I can tell you is hopefully what we tell you is enough to get, to let you give the show a chance. Cause trust me, we just can't in an audio form without literally having it playing in the background, do it justice. Yeah. And so like they move on before we get to, you know, uh, like emo- more emotionally driving stuff. We deal with, they deal with the crazy lady that, because, okay, because to Austin's point about fan service, they even make fun of it because she's running in slow motion and you just hear the bong, 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 like very loudly as she's running. I put, my, I put that, my hand over my head and I was like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and the best part is like, of course, Danny immediately falls in love with her because he's, that's he's just who a, he's he is. He's a pig. <laughs> yeah, he very much is. And, but, He's unapolog like he's unapologetic about it. He's like, hey, I know what I am. But, I know um, what I am, baby. Yeah. Oh, another small detail. Every episode in this series ends with comma baby. Yep. <laughs> Cause that's like but, his uh, his big uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like a catchphrase. Yeah, but he, but like he his, just tacks it onto it, everything. It's his shtick, yeah. Cause it's kind of like trying to, I don't know. Kind of, I guess try to find a way to make him sound like like I guess what he would consider trying to sound cool and hip without trying to use like actual like slang or lingo. Cause that always goes out of style eventually. So like, screw it. We'll give him something unique, which it, it worked because it's his unique thing that he said, but um, they get super desperate trying to find an alien. Cause they're running out of money. Cause they ran out of money, which mm-hmm. happens a lot for them. Right. Most yeah. of their episodes are, we're out of money and we're desperate. <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so when they find this girl that dandy immediately is like i'm not hungry i just want to talk to her because like his priorities immediately shifted and they find out this girl's a death garion yeah there's no subtlety with these names in this show and no, um they intentionally were just like we're just gonna name them whatever we want like, <laughs> yeah and i and i like that apparently she's all the crazy aliens that they were dealing with on the planet they were actually trying to warn them to stay away from her mm-hmm that's the funniest part (laughs) i know right and even like when gogol shows up like dr joe's his giant like gorilla and his uh b his little assistant Mm -hmm. even b like pull up the magazine going yeah you don't want to be near this monster it will eat you whole it's like we're getting the hell out of here then and um uh she starts getting hungry and she wants to eat me out because she's like i've never had cat before and <laughs> I know and Austin knows what I'm about to have to say because I can't believe it's a sentence I have to say. Yeah, brace yourselves for girdle your loins for this. This is yep. you're you're gonna look at us and like this may determine whether or not you listen to the rest of this episode. <laughs> it's it's true because they say like when she gets hungry, she transforms into the monster so we can eat. So when it starts to transform, her boobs, which were already very very large, start expanding. To the point they rip and, and pop out. And you actually do see everything. So I was like, wow, they found a way to get away with that. But she starts getting covered in them. There's like dozens of them. 
And as it's turning into this horrific, like, Lovecraftian monster. And Dandy's reaction to seeing this happen is, it's a booby monster. We got to go. We got to go right now. And just like, you're handling this very well. Yeah. Like he's seen it before. He was just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. like, oh, we just need to leave. <laughs> Time to leave. But um, it works out because, well, sort of. Um, they do eventually beat uh, the monster because little side plot was like, QT tried to order a ton of food, but it was a thousand light years away. So by the time it got to them, it was super expired. Right, which and, is why it's so cheap. Doy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they even point that out to them. They're like, well, why do you think they're selling it so cheap, you stupid robot? But um, uh, they force feed the monster all that food. So when it gets sick, it spits Meow back up, which Dandy initially was going to leave Meow behind until he found out Meow had his boobies gift card. He turned yeah. right around. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say that Dandy wasn't a selfish man. I know. He's like, I'll never forget. He goes, I'll never forget you, Meow. And QT's like, doesn't he have your gift card? He like turns the ship around. I never leave my friends behind. You're <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my gosh. Oh, Caleb. <laughs> I know. And they deal with it. And the thing is, they actually do beat the monster. But they forgot about Meow and the episode just ends. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure Meow is fine. But yeah. do we know? <laughs> I don't think they nope. care. <laughs> no. And then we go to the next one, which was of all the episodes, especially from these first 13, I was looking forward to what Austin would think. Mm-hmm. It was this one. It's my favorite. I, I'm glad one I had a them. feeling it would. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling it would. Because it's that sometimes you can't live with dying, baby. And it's their zombie episode. And holy crud, it's hilarious because it does not go the direction you think it will at all. No, I, I was worried like, oh, man, they're going to kill off Meow in two separate episodes. Technically, they kind of did, but yeah. <laughs> they also killed off literally everyone in existence. Yeah, everyone becomes a zombie. And even the narrator who you kind of find out later on is basically like. God, even he gets bitten and turns into a zombie. <laughs> Right. I, God, I love that part. <laughs> yeah, I was, and, I did love that particular part of it just because I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. But yeah, the interesting thing about this episode is that like it followed structure of like a zombie movie for like maybe five, 10 minutes and then immediately became an entirely separate story. Yep. And it, it felt very much like, I think at one point didn't even say like directed by George A. Romero or something at the very end. Cause it went to a drive-in theater to let it go watch Dawn of the dead. That was funny. That was- <laughs> I knew, I, 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 I knew it. Cause I was like, I remember when I rewatched that episode, I went, I got to suggest this show for Austin. But um, That was, see, you know me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, the funny thing too is like, cause everyone gets turned into zombies, but then they start like living their own lives, which is hilarious. Right. And it leads into all these problems with life insurance because technically they've died, so they should be able to cash in, but what? <laughs> yeah, that see, there's a couple things of commentary in there. Like the there there's the one line, one of my favorite lines in the whole series is don't call us rotting. Call us fermenting. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I had to pause because I was laughing. <laughs> 
It reminds me from Doom Eternal when they're like, don't call them the undead. Just call them mortally challenged. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's like same vibe with that. But um, yeah, so they're like literally. And the best part is even the voice actor, they just, they just do the little, the basic like, there's no lines. It's just. And, um, and they're drinking like milk and like yogurt i think they switched over to like raw yogurt or something because they were running yeah, out of milk or running out of yeah, meat yeah because i found out the yogurt kid's a good replacement because there's only x amount of meat mm-hmm. uh though my favorite part though was like um like as they're once they've all turned to zombies it's just like the world's actually kind of gotten to be a better place now that everyone's undead and it's just like this is not the direction i expected this episode to go at all yeah (laughs) it was was like simultaneously like a horror-based episode where they talked about like you know how you deal with life's changes and how you adjust to something that's basically out of your control and also it was a commentary on greedy insurance companies (laughs) yeah like out of nowhere you're like whoa hold on (laughs) the scene where he's poking at his face trying to prove that he's dead and they're like well how do we know you're dead and he's like uh hello like <laughs> I know, right? Because they're just trying not to pay him out, and I was like, "Oh, that's brilliant!" Like, who would have thought of that? And that's just like one small modicum of an episode, where that's what they deal with. But like, I like how once everyone starts to become a zombie, even like the insurance people and everyone in existence, like people just kind of go about their lives, and like you know, they have cheerleader zombies, and like, yeah, you realize quickly he's like, we actually created a utopia. Like, yeah, <laughs> in a Everyone weird way, united. it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, it became a hive, almost like a collective hive mind thing from like a sci fi horror of yeah. like, we're all the same. So, <laughs> like, like, money is no concept to us because we just don't care. To, we're all dead. Like, what does it matter? And I was like, oh, so this is how a utopia can work. <laughs> like, the only way, because like when people talk about utopias, I was like, mm. Like you talk in absolutes, my friend. And the only way that you can have something like that is if everyone is dead. And this show just backed up my point. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, it's like the phrase one man's utopia is another man's dystopia. Right. So, uh, I I still think it's hilarious that QT somehow gets bitten. And then Dan, even Danny's like, that makes no sense. You're a robot. It's yeah. But this show is just like, (laughs) Oh, Oh, you're asking a question. You, oh, I know. You, you want to know something about this? <laughs> like, I know. It's like, this is what you're suddenly questioning out of everything that's happened. Re- really? Uh, now? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> this is where you draw the line. Oh, man. But <sighs> I, like I said, it's if you haven't caught on about how this show is, like this definitely drove it home for you. And after something that silly came one of the episodes where um, it kind of like reminded you because you might be sitting there going, oh, I guess Wantanabe doesn't really want to do like serious stories like he did in Samurai Champloo or Cowboy Bebop. And then a Mary Companion is a wagon in space, baby, comes out and you're like, oh, wait, no, he still does. Because mm-hmm. and it starts off <laughs> about this alien that no one can ever capture because they get knocked out and she like writes all over their face because what she can do is she can transfer your soul or consciousness into her little like stuffed animal, like penguin thing. 
for like I think it was like 666 seconds or something. Mm-hmm. And usually when you go through something like that, people freak out as anyone that's not that's normal would. Dandy isn't normal. Dandy so, is built different. <laughs> so he goes to try to get her and she uses her power on him because she can also only use it once a day. And she puts him into the like stuffed animal and as she's riding on his face, this little stuff. You might want to reword that, Caleb. Oh, sorry. I, okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna say like I, like she uses the power on him and like and when he gets transferred into like the little penguin thing, as she's like riding on his like on his face, like his actual like body on his face, like she does to everybody else she humiliates. This penguin is running across the sofa and drop kicks her. It's hilarious. <laughs> and even the narrator just goes, normally this would freak people out. But Dandy has never been known as a guy to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so funny. It like I know a lot of people are like for them, like anime, they are hesitant because like the humor tends to be like because Japanese humor is a little bit different uh, from a lot of like American humor or even British humor. Oh my gosh, British humor is so different. And yep. I think for some people, maybe they just they don't get it. And that's really unfortunate because there's a lot of great stories in anime. But every once in a while, I think you'll find something that just seems to ring with a lot of people. And One Punch Man and Space Dandy kind of fall into that category for me where you're yep. like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And at first you're thinking, because there's the kicker that Dandy, his spaceship, the Aloha Oi, gets towed because uh, QT parked in the wrong spot. Like, like Austin said, they're all idiots. Yeah. And um, <laughs> even the robot only because he's literally out of, out of date on out of, software. Yeah. So Danny's like going to take her to the, to get registered. Cause it's going to be a big bounty, especially cause he's the first one to actually pull off capturing her. And she just wants to meet, she just wants to find her granddad. And Danny's like, fine. If he's, if we find him on the way, and since with a spaceship towed, they have to take like the long way with like a train. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode where it kind of shows you because the first you've, you've seen Danny, he's very much like a man child. He's very immature. He's very dumb. And and he's uh, borderline incompetent <laughs> a lot of yeah. the time. <laughs> oh, no. He, very true. But this is the episode I showed you, like, despite all of that, he's not evil. There actually is a good person in there. Right. He, he's a bit of a pig. He's a bit of a. Well, as you mentioned, a man child, but there's episodes like this. And then the one with the dog, too, I think that like Mm -hmm. really just kind of hammer home. They're like, yeah, you're not supposed to love this guy because he is kind of a doofus and he is kind of a horn dog. And it's kind of awkward. But yeah, man, oh, man, it. When it really comes down to it, he is genuinely a character that you can get behind. And I really enjoy this episode for that reason because it reminded me why there's so many like interesting complex characters that don't get enough love and attention that they deserve like dandy yeah and because like he basically goes through all this and he and at first you know it, it follows the typical trope where like 
two people that just hate each other eventually become friends. Right. <laughs> and um and also some of the like shots in this particular episode with like space is just drop dead gorgeous. Ooh. Gosh, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm so happy. Like it's one of those like uh if I know for something like if if you're able to get this on Blu-ray, this is one of the episodes that this alone justifies the price. Mm-hmm. And uh and basically fine, he does a really good like big he does a really big favor for her because he sets things up for her to find her granddad. And of course there's that moment where he because he he makes it seem like he's blowing her off, which makes her mad. And but he's actually just trying to like help her out with because he knows how everyone is coming after her. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of bounty hunters try to take her. Dandy, even when he gets put back into the penguin thing accidentally because she got mad at him because she's a child, so she kind of gets mad at him and just reacts out of anger. And this little like penguin is running as fast as he can trying to catch a train and <laughs> eventually like frees her and reunites her with the granddad. And and he flat out tells her, goes, I'm not gonna take you to the registration center because I don't want to separate you from family. He's like, I'm not heartless. And you're just like, to your point, also, you're like, yeah, I can get behind this guy. It was what reminded me that he's a great character. And because you could tell before you're like, yeah, he's a goof. But for some reason, I kind of like the guy. And yeah, this was a necessary episode. I think that like, you know, amidst all the silliness, this is the one that we really needed to be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I like this guy. And yeah. it's very humanizing. It's very sweet. There, there's a couple sweet episodes coming up. So oh, yeah. we're not this next but, one. No, this next one is wild. This, <laughs> this next one pushes it a little bit. And I'm like, mm? <laughs> like yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, because basically it's just. Uh, this is F-Zero, Dan- the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, this. Well, that's the space race, like uh, the war of undies and vests. Mm-hmm. Like that one's just, it's insane. Cause like Dandy and Meow basically get drafted into a war that only two guys are waging against each other. And what is the war over? You might ask, uh, whether wearing undies or vests is like correct. And each side's convinced they're correct. And the other side is a heretic. And it's, yeah, it's, there's no other reaction. Except, and it's just, it's funny because it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things of like, make something so absurd. So you're just like, oh, is this what arguing online looks like? Kind of does. Pretty and, much exactly how you just <laughs> described it. But again, my favorite part of this episode is when like QT beams him in and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention, this is actually a, like a war area. Like this is a war ridden planet and we're actually in a no fly zone. I was like, oh, well, good to know. Right as they get shot down. <laughs> like, yeah, you could have told us a couple of minutes ago when that would have been relevant. Also, and, one of the other things, one of the few times I will really thoroughly compliment Dr. Seuss. This is very reminiscent of like one of his books where they talk about how they butter the bread and two people are basically at war with each other. Like, I mean, it's basically like. Symbolic of the Cold War. But yeah, 
it's like, oh, look how ridiculous this is. Like they butter their bread on top. We butter their bread on bottom. But the truth, it's like, well, what if you just flip it over? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> don't get crazy now. Well, um, don't think too deep into this, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> or as uh, we should say, don't think too deep into this, baby. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but they try to make a peace agreement. It fails. And Dandy and Meow go from thinking how dumb this is to where they actually get recruited one on each side to where Dandy and Meow are straight fighting each other. So it's they're going to town on each other, too. That was. Yeah, that was funny. And (laughs) yeah. And of course, they both the two aliens actually end up killing each other. But then they fire both their doomsday missiles to obliterate the planet because they're like, well, I can't have you win. So I'm going to blow up the planet instead. And. Luckily, they actually get away, but they get away through Dandy surfing on the debris in space. Because it turns out he's a really good surfer. I thought he was going to biff it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. No, especially when he's like first kind of going, trying to like get his balance. I was like, I was just waiting for him to fall off. I, there's so many times in this series where I'm just expecting complete and total disaster. Yeah. And, and once again, just like beautiful, like the way they do the animation is beautiful. It actually has like a really nice track playing in the background while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's so huh. cool. It's such a well animated, beautifully shot scene. Oh my! It caught me off guard because it's like, like I was yeah. mentioning. I, I think I was about to sneeze, so I had to stop. But <laughs> there was, you know, like you expect, you're like, oh, this is going to be so terrible, and it's going to be like this abrupt, terrible ending. Right, and then, it, and and like, then it's really cool. And you're like, yeah. wait, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know too many shows where a guy surfs his way out of debris in an exploding planet, yeah. but um, galaxy surfing—it's awesome. <laughs> so to your point, so like the next episode, as you were saying, this is literally F zero the episode. This is a good one. This is the one I think that might have the highest. Well, outside of the zombie one, this probably has one of the highest body counts of the first half of the season. Like of yep. the, it, I was like, oh my gosh, they just killed billions of people, and yep. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, it's so it starts, silly. It starts off with like Dandy. Dandy is that guy who thinks everyone loves him when nobody does, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like that he's been upstaged by this man named Prince, who is a world class uh, race car driver. And Danny's like, well, I'm going to enter. Do you even know how to race? Yeah, sure. Why not? And, uh, and they go into this big Grand Prix, which spans galaxy, well, spans like a huge part of the universe they're in. And <laughs> I just, it cracks me up. They show the other racers, which if you're wondering if that shows, if this, if this is a show that's willing to go there, they prove that with some of the other racers. And they, and, uh, they go there. <laughs> Yeah, though my favorite part still is when you find out Prince's crew and one of them is very, very obviously Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh, it's not even subtle. They're just like, come on. And then that mouse proceeds to use the R word, which yep, not going to use that word because there's a reason people don't say that word or they should stop. If you know, you know, you should stop. But I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. <laughs> this show would make fun of me for doing so. 
and they have this very obvious like satire of Mickey Mouse and he's talking smack to meow and it's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) And even like and even me, I was like, oh look, they have they have their own like animal mascot too. And he's like, Oh, did you just make fun of me? I'll sue you for defamation straight into the ground. I'm like, Yep, that's Disney. Which yeah, I I think they (laughs) phrase that differently in uh in the sub because i'm watching the sub right now i don't think yeah. the, i don't think the dub is available pretty much anywhere unless you have blu-ray but the sub the sub is still really really good and it is. i've seen i've watched both you're, you're good either way perfect that's oh, i love it we love to see it but <laughs> it, you get like very clear like oh these guys are the villains like they've been given like the free reign to kind of say these things they're very much the bad guys in the situation but oh yeah at the same time dandy unintentionally kills a lot of people <laughs> yep no, at the very beginning of the race he goes it's time for my final resort wait but we just started Casey's <laughs> like what are you talking about and then fires off a ton of missiles to like propel him forward and the worst part the most offensive part of that plan is that it works <laughs> It's like stop. <laughs> oh god! Oh and, my god! And they're racing, and you see some of the other like uh, racers struggling because they have like obstacles and various things to go through. Uh, and Danny the whole time is talking crap to Prince. There's even a part, and I love that the enemy actually like, blurted out where he flips off Prince, telling him to shove it. Yeah, that was funny. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and Prince gets just so like. Uh, the the nerve and he's like all angry i'm and, prince how dare you yeah because he's like won every race he's ever been in so like he's not used to being challenged and it just keeps going and going meow tries his best when it comes to refueling but does a terrible job and starts throwing in like food <laughs> they just put everything in the kitchen sink literally I, yeah. I, I think that was the the designation they were going for. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the little Mickey Mouse uh, rep puts a bomb underneath Dandy's like ship to make sure he doesn't make it. And um, it backfires. <laughs> I know. I think it somehow works. <laughs> I know. I, I guess the part, they're, like, they're getting close. Like, we need, it's like, we need to lose weight. So they dump out everything. We need to lose more weight. He throws out QT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This, this was one of those episodes where I was like, everyone's going to die again. <laughs> and well, you're right, except for one person. And, uh, and that person's name is Dandy. I know. Cause okay. So the explosion goes off and it combines. Cause just as a FYI and something, they mention it here and there. And it doesn't really become relevant till the like end of the series. But there's this uh, element called pionium. And apparently, some of it is in dandy. So that explosion on top of all the weird food, meow put in the gas on top of the pionium. He collides into Prince's car, and they start going so fast. Dandy transcends time and space. <laughs> I was dying. I <laughs> lost my mind because I realized I was like. They literally just said, this man is built different and yeah. shot him seven billion years into the future. <laughs> and the best part 
he's going across this desert wasteland and you're like and you're like what and he finds a big golden buddha statue that has his face and hair and that's where the episode ends <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> it's we we got that ending after like accidental genocide yeah and i was like bro you guys literally split a planet in half and kept going and that was literally halfway through the episode i was like yep. there's no way that they can top this and then they just sent him so far into the future that he found that he had been immortalized and i was like i'm gonna scream i <laughs> <laughs> like that's the best way i could have summed up that episode and that's not even all of it there's so many other scenes like he uses a last resort several times he's like now for my last last resort which is a running joke by the way in case you weren't sure (laughs) yeah and uh namco of all companies actually like helped with the budget and the animation of this so there's a moment where he's bouncing around and they make it look like galaga and it was hilarious i'm so glad i wasn't the only person who saw that (laughs) i I was laughing so hard (laughs) i was like he's he literally turned into Galaga. What is it? I had that Tony Stark moment. Going, he didn't think we noticed, but we did. He did. For all, <laughs> for all you real fans out there, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just oh. so funny. And just, ah. Oh. So, after the craziness of that, we get to the lonely uh, pooch planet, baby, which starts off really sad and sentimental. Then it's like insane. And it's so sad. It, it was because uh, it, it didn't want to turn into that episode where it's like, hey, guys, remember, Dandy's actually a good guy. It shows it, yeah. but it doesn't linger on it too much because if, if I'm not mistaken, it was like the structure of the planet basically gave this dog only a little bit of time left. Yeah. And, and- its lifespan is drastically shortened. Like it, it's like. Like time moves differently there. So the dog was like they met it and then it only had a few hours until it died because that is just how the time worked on that planet. Yeah. And on Dandy's wrist, he has a communicator that can translate languages, including apparently even dog. So he was actually able to talk with it and they got, they played fetch and, you know, and had a good, basically gave the dog a nice last few hours before Dandy actually legit builds a rocket to send the dog into space to kind of give it like a, Nice little send off because they kind of hint this might have been the dog that we sent to space during the space race. Totally was. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even the narrator like through sobs is like, I'd like to think it was. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and then poor me. I was like, I wanted to play with the dog too. Like it was so, it was so sad, dude. <laughs> like, it was out of nowhere. And, and, and even then, like, because this show does a few references to Bebop. Because they find this is where they found the fridge that had the goo, that like evil goo that like Spike had to put on the fridge and just launch out into space. And they, if and you Dandy, know, they you know, it. exactly. And that's what, and I love it. They don't linger on it. They don't explain it. It's just, uh, if you get it, you get it. And so after you go through that emotional roller coaster, it just goes, all right, this is a comedy. So things have to get weird now. And because you turn out there's these, uh, they're called the Le- literally called Le Flea Brothers. And they're tiny little robot aliens that are the size of fleas. They got that they were on the dog. 
They jumped on the meow, then made their way onto Dandy's hair as he was combing it, so he killed one of them. <clears throat> the other one goes haywire. I love that scene. I was losing I know. my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought they were going to be so much more formidable. Like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they literally just died like the moment he got caught in some pomade. Like, stop. Oh my god. I know. And I think, uh, of course, the other one just goes nuts. And uh, they take over QT. Apparently, they can manipulate machines to their will. And Dandy accidentally kills the other one, mm-hmm. which triggers the fact that the planet collapses on itself and becomes a black hole. So they're trying to just get out. Lest we forget, <laughs> lest we forget, Dr. Gel is still there. Yeah, and right as he shows up, right when the black hole appears, right as Dandy is leaving. So once again, having no idea, foiled again. This one-sided <laughs> beef. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I get it because Doctor Gel, like from his from his perspective, he's like, "What? You're telling me this guy somehow made a black hole as a trap for us?" And I'm like, "You're giving him way too much credit." <laughs> so, yeah, they, they think that he's like this unstoppable force of nature when it, he really just is so clueless to the point that it's like they yeah, just he, get defeated by themselves. Like they're their own worst enemy, as we discover as the series goes along. Yeah, I mean, he literally is like in like Fallout. You know about the uh, the perk, like the idiot savant perk? Yes. That is space dandy. He Pretty has much. That. Yeah, (laughs) that's all he got. He got the yeah. Like, and those that don't know, like, just quick, like, the idiot savant is where, like, if you set your uh, character's intelligence low, you can get that perk. Where even though you're real dumb, things just happen to work out in your favor. You don't have to try. Almost. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) things can still go wrong if you make bad choices, but you seem to have this like incredible luck around you when you have no right to. And that's very much what Dandy's life is. Yeah, well, not all the time. No, that's <laughs> he, true. He will occasionally bite the dust. And yep. <laughs> I just love that they show up. Also, I can't believe we forgot to mention this. Total Planet of the Apes reference with Dr. Gel, because he's this giant, like, super brilliant gorilla oh, we're, yeah. wearing, like, a, a French wig or, like, a colonial wig. And oh, they're yeah. riding in a spaceship which is like its head is basically a giant replica of the Statue of Liberty, but with a ball gag. Yep. That is infuriatingly important somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like I said, that's why I was trying to like, if you're you're sitting there going, that's just insane. It's like, yeah, that's why I had no idea how to describe this show to Austin. If I told this to you without context, what would you say to me? What? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If I just said like, oh yeah, I just said all of that. You, I guarantee you'd be looking at me like, yeah, you just made that up. Or like you were in the, what weird part of YouTube did you stumble on? And that's how the show is. And, uh, I could see it definitely being like planet of the apes. Cause this show definitely is just, living proof of how big of a fan Wantanabe is of like just Western culture of like movies and whatnot. And that he just loves it. And so that wouldn't shock me at all. If that was, 
and like that was the intent to be like it's a direct reference to that but um <clears throat> it's it's subtle wall if you know you know kind of feel like exactly i love that so, about this show but that's yeah they get sucked into a black hole that's yeah I mean, wow <laughs> yeah and they even start making the comment of like are we really about to die again or like wait how are you aware of that again <laughs> that's why like i feel like there might be a multiverse but at the same yeah. time maybe they're just all invincible <laughs> who knows maybe maybe just these things are all different scenarios that get played out by the god of space dandy i don't know and this show doesn't care this show <laughs> yeah, no like i said that's why i'll look forward when we talk about the episodes next week oh, and you'll, you'll 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 understand why after you see them Ooh, but, um, daddy. <laughs> oh now i wish they got that voice actor for this show that he would have fit in perfectly but um yeah he would have oh but anyway this next episode uh, super sad go for it. oh very sad because <laughs> it starts off just once again this is a space dandy almost has kind of like a regular show thing to it where it starts off with something pretty basic or something that you're like oh that makes sense and then it just gets wilder and wilder yeah and it doesn't pull the like regular show doesn't pull the trigger as early or as many times like yeah regular show is like on single shot like semi-automatic the show is just like a machine gun clip with like yep. that giant case of bullets attached to it and then it just injects itself with cotton candy it screams at you like that's the <laughs> only way I could think of describing this show. And yeah. at the same time though, you get moments like this. It's so weird. I don't yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause they go to this uh, planet literally called planet uh, planta. Like I said, there's no subtlety in this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, void. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they've heard about this like alien called code D. And of course, if you're a hunter, so Danny's like, yeah, I want to make a few bucks. And it's, the planet is filled with sentient plants. And <laughs> Meow lands in a different part of the planet where he, he doesn't realize they're fattening him up to eat him, but he's just like, hey, free food. <laughs> I, got, I knew immediately. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, exa- yeah, it's one of those things of like, when you watch it, you know exactly what's happening. But unfortunately, Meow is pretty dumb. So, uh, Danny kind of just makes like he kind of befriends the people of the plants. And there's one particular plant that's like almost like a little, like definitely has like a uh, little kid voice that like immediately becomes best friends with Dandy. And he's just like, okay, whatever. Because that's the big thing about Dandy that does stay consistent. He is very much a go with the flow person. Literally sums things up as who cares, baby. Just go with it. Right. Like he's an active protagonist in that like his inaction provides the consequences of the story. But at the same time, he's just a lazy bum sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, I love I, that about him. Because <laughs> be, like, we've all been there where you just have days where you're like, I don't feel like doing nothing. But um, uh, so he gets some information from them. Of course, finding out like, these plans aren't just sent, uh, sentient. They've had like, they have like a government and they have like laws and rules. So like it's as advanced as any thing here on earth. And, uh, <laughs> so Dandy talks him into going to find code D. And also I want to say the art 
in this and the cut like once again I, I'm, we're gonna mention this a lot about the art and especially like the colors this is another episode that really just puts that on full display and Danny decides to go find out what Cody actually is and uh Cody turns out to actually be a meteorite that is what made all the plants sentient and they can't get close to it because it makes them start growing bigger but Danny says he's just a human he can actually get to it and uh austin so like i said this is your first time seeing this i kind of want to hear like what proceeds once he gets to code d i want to hear you like your what it was like for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is for me this was just really sad like, mm-hmm. you know, we get the discovery that Code D's just a meteorite. And without that meteorite, it like basically all this plant life wouldn't have evolved in the way that it was. And you're like, oh, without this, like this planet would just basically die. And or let me rephrase, cease to exist as it currently is, yeah, which is like this go- kind of strange, like segregated, like state of different, like plants that like sort of like have prejudice against the lower thinking forms of aliens like it's so weird and also very like you're like oh wow that's deep but without (laughs) beating you over the head over like about it and yeah dandy kind of ruins everything (laughs) well initially yeah because they start reverting back but like the main like scientist plant i guess Mm -hmm. even tells me goes this is actually for the best. I don't think we were meant to have this kind of intelligence because look what we did with it. And that broke my heart. <laughs> that that broke my heart. Yeah, especially like the the little like I guess I could say like the little kid plant, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like you hear her slowly like just saying goodbye to Dandy and how sad she is. And but the other guy or plant was trying to tell us like, hey, this is okay. We're actually going back to what we're supposed to be. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it just kind of ends on a moment. And it, the, and I kind of like that Danny just kind of sits there and he's just like, and then like it lets you kind of just like sit in that moment before it goes, before the episode like closes up. Cause yeah. it, cause it, it'd be, it'd be borderline like whiplash if it's something like, and now here's something goofy. It lets yeah. you like soak on that for a second marinade if you will (laughs) yeah and just yeah and once again and this happens a lot dandy has the intention of catching an alien and then doesn't so he's like well i just lost a lot of money (laughs) yeah and that's not even the focus like it's so interesting how like in certain situations especially because like he may be an idiot but he's not so dumb that he can't understand when something serious has happened oftentimes his yeah. reaction to it determines <laughs> is varying. But in this moment, you're like, oh, he kind of understands and like is kind of absorbing this moment. It's starting to make sense to him. Yeah. And sure. I, I just really liked this one. It, it was very sad, but yeah. also fascinating to watch. Like, I think the more I watch this, the more I realize that like this entire series is just very critical of society as a whole. And <laughs> how people have like changed and evolved and like 
it was just crazy to me watching like an entire like sentient life like plant life just be like yeah we should probably just be dead instead or like we should probably just kind of cease to exist as we currently are and just accept that go back to being like just just plants only right and also the other part of this episode i love the plant design is really really cool (laughs) like yeah it was one of my favorite kind of designs in this whole series not that the other ones aren't amazing because one of the other things I learned about this series is that a lot of the alien designs are all designed by different artists. Like they all work, you know, it's a collaborative process, but they're like, Hey, this is what I think this would look like. And it gives this very like expansive and unique feel to every different universe that they visit. And I love that. And this is one of my personal favorites just because it really took something that would normally be very ordinary and made it just really, really beautiful. Yeah. And Especially with come up with such unique designs for when it's like I said, it's a bunch of plants. So it it would be easy to kind of fall back into having a bunch of them all look similar or just or the same, just different colors. But they're all unique. And so I always will I, I will always applaud and when, when people manage to pull off something that definitely took more time, but the payoff is worth it. Mm-hmm. And so The way the show tends to go is when it hits you with something like that sad, mm-hmm. it'll kind of help balance it back out with goofiness. But this next one is like, it is goofy, but it's also very sweet. And I feel like Wontonomy well, has got to be a giant Groundhog Day fan. Oh, I know. I, I've noticed that by now. But this is kind of like the perfect balance because it's not too much one or the other. Yeah. It, it embraces both ends of the spectrum that it just tends to kind of like ping pong ball around. But I think this is easily one of my favorite episodes up there with the zombie one. But I was really, really surprised by this one. It was just very heartfelt and very relatable and also kind of solidified why I liked Meow so much because I felt like I could really relate to Meow. Like (laughs) he's not a total idiot, but like he just sort of does his own thing and he's very He's inquisitive, he's curious, but he also is very private and tends to hide a lot. And this episode kind of just puts him out at the forefront, and I really like that about it, because it wasn't so high stakes that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stressed out, or like, oh my gosh, they're going to blow up everything. It was just a fun journey that really explored like family and like, you know, like what your family means to you and how you interact with them. And it was really, really heartwarming and sweet. I was very taken aback. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, especially because it's like. And they do like when they mentioned Pionium in like the first episode, they mention it again here because Pionium. The easiest way for me to sum up what Pionium is. For since if y'all listen to us to our podcast, it means y'all are nerds. It's fine. So are we. That's why we do this. Yeah. Pionium (laughs) is the anime version of PIM particles. It yeah. literally is an essence that can let you do whatever you want. And uh, when they go to Meow's, uh, Meow's planet, some Pionium hits the calendar, which gets them stuck in a Groundhog Day loop where they keep repeating the same day over and over again. Because like, as also was alluding to, Meow doesn't have the best relationship with his dad because his dad's just like a, he's very much a blue collar worker. He just goes in, does his job, gets a drink at the bar, and then goes home. 
and just does it every day. Same thing, and, same bar, same drink, same people, same crowd. And, mm-hmm. you know, you deal with kind of the, the storyline of like, Meow felt like it was his responsibility to take over, but he wanted to go explore and he wanted to, you know, look at the world and really, you know, like explore and go into space. And it was something like his family had never really considered or done. But the thing I like about the story is it wasn't about like them going like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe you abandoned us. Like I can't believe you turned your back on us. But it actually shows them how proud they are of him. Yeah, because they're just like, hey, you actually did it. Yeah. You said you wanted to go become an alien bounty hunter and you did it. Yeah. Granted, they, <laughs> Meow probably forgot to tell him that he's not any good at it. But he did it. <laughs> and I don't but, think uh, they care if he is. They're just proud of him for doing what he said he was going to do. Exactly. And they, they were showing so much pride in him. And like I said, and this is being contrasted at the same time as they keep looping and they don't realize they're looping. Even the narrator says after 80 consecutive loops, mm-hmm. they still don't get it. And by the time they get to the 108th loop, the narrator has to yell at them that you're because you're in a time loop. Can we advance the plot already? Well, it's I'm like, sorry. It's because they thought they had powers. They're like, wait, we have <laughs> premonition powers. <laughs> and this is like one of the few times the narrator had to like intervene because he's like, oh my God, you guys are idiots. Like, <laughs> and they literally had to apologize because he's like, guys, can we move the plot along, please? <laughs> and they don't do that often, which I appreciate. But I, I love that someone like they're like, oh, go to Yahoo Answers. I was like, wow. I that know. is that is a deep, deep cut <laughs> in internet culture and how mean everyone was. They're like, oh my gosh, just Google it, you idiot. And like <laughs> or like, have you tried just taking like ripping the calendar page off? And I was like, how would this person you know what? I don't I don't care. <laughs> I don't how how do you explain this a completely ridiculous setup? And then this guy's like, Oh yeah, just do this. That's and but then again, I've I've seen some of the weirdness. I mean, Yahoo Answers is now shut down. Rest in peace. We provided so many hours of hilarity. RIP to but, a legend. Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant to dirt? <laughs> pregnant to to dirt. <laughs> it's true. And um, like, yeah, it just I've seen stuff on Yahoo Answers back in the day, like that would rival like that of like people. Someone says something that's clearly made up, and and all the answers are trying to like seriously take it at face value. It's like Xbox live, but for like trying to find something out on the internet. Exactly. And of course, and they try, they, they, to the point that even Dandy shoots a rocket at it. Where did he get it? I don't know. And, uh, (laughs) they've done so many absurd things to like, they're just (laughs) destroying it, but it's fighting back. My favorite part of the whole episode like outside of the emotional moments, like I'm so glad they had that because they were just like, why is this not working? And I was dying laughing. I- <laughs> oh, yeah. And they realized the only way to like truly get it to work, it needs Meow's dad to use the drill bit to like be able to pull off that page. Because, mm-hmm. of course, and it's funny because it, it reminds me of any time you deal with a movie or show that does time travel or anything similar. They start overthinking it and they're like, well, what if we tear off too many pages? Are we just going to like escalate too far? And, and they're like way overthinking it. And they're just like, just tear off a single page. Oh, 
And um, <laughs> otherwise, you'll skip too far ahead. Or uh, otherwise, I just so funny. I love that they because every time travel anything always has that scene where they have to overexplain it. I love that they poked fun at that. It was and, so funny. I, I I keep saying it was so funny, probably because it was. But yeah. <laughs> you get the point. Also, the the scene where his dad like takes it on. He's like, "Yeah, I'll help you. Don't worry. I've been a metal worker my whole life." I know it's so cool because it's like the thing that me out. He didn't look down on his dad, but he definitely kind of had that like, "Well, you're doing something that's well in his mind boring." But that boring thing literally saved them from an endless loop. It's a different and, lifestyle, and it doesn't make fun of it in a way that feels condescending or insulting. Like if you want to live a simple life where you do that and you live with your family and you know you go to the same places, but you are happy with where you are, this episode kind of gives some credence to both styles of life. And I thought that was really nice (laughs) because I'm from a small town and I know what it's like to, to know and grow up with people who want that kind of life. And the thing is, is there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And the best part is because his dad helps with um, getting the ship uh, repaired. Mm -hmm. And because the thing is what made the time loop even worse was like, the ship wouldn't be wouldn't be ready for like two days or something. Mm-hmm. So because of that loop, they could never get back on their ship. And um, but when they're leaving, Meow like suddenly has this like new love and appreciation for his home planet and his family, which is just perfect way to end it. Mm-hmm. Without like like as you've said, and we'll probably say many more times, without beating you over the head with it, it's just like here. And And also when he's leaving and he turns to his family and his dad's like, I'm proud of you. And like, go out and live your life the way you want to. I was like, am I going to cry? Am I? I know, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) These are sentient like cats, like alien cats. And I just, it was just so cute. It it was very well done. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. And now let's see. The next episode is, I was like, I'm never remembering you, baby. Oh, another good one. Oh, it's great. <laughs> like, it's one of those, you may have to watch it a couple of times. So, like, because at first it kind of throws you off guard, but then when you watch it again, knowing what happens, it flows really well. Mm-hmm. Just, may, and may, or maybe not just, I know it's like what I had to do. Because when I first saw it, like, I, I really liked it, but I was also kind of like, wait, what just happened here? And mm-hmm. on a rewatch, I was like, oh, it makes sense now. But, um, yeah. It's it's fun. It, I was like, is this going to be another time loop episode? But in a different like context of like, oh, it's only a time loop because they keep forgetting everything. <laughs> like, yeah, because it, it starts off with the greatest. Like it was borderline almost like who's on first mm-hmm. between Scarlet and Dandy with right. the box. And he's like, it's like, well, the aliens in here. Well, then open it. Well, I can't do that. We'll forget everything. How do you know that if you don't know what it looks like? Because I know not to open the box. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and they open the box and even all the alarms go off. Mm-hmm. And then and Dan's is like, why am I here? And, uh, and Lisa's whole like crazy thing of like, wait, what? We were kind of like, what's happening? And also, uh, Dr. Jell is just like, I think it's funny because even like, his boss, Admiral Perry, 
even jokes goes oh yeah i forget that dr jill is actually a very like like a world-renowned scientist because he's just sitting there scribbling and talking to himself like trying to like figure out like this like equation that's just like bugging him Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) dandy in the box has a complimentary ticket uh for a free trip to a to this place and they think it's gonna be like a resort turns out to be a giant library which (laughs) if you want to find something that's like the opposite of Dandy, a library might be it. Yeah, he is not library material. Not making fun of him. It's just he he doesn't have the patience. Oh, <laughs> put it that way. That's, no, honestly, that's the best way to put it. He just doesn't. But um, <laughs> you find out the ticket. Okay, this is how crazy the show gets, and I love it to death. Um, uh, the alien that was was in the box is a book. With, mm-hmm. Though it looks more like a pamphlet, but it's a book. And her bodyguard or like assistant was that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> I know it's crazy. And they start explaining how it's like, cause it's like the great librarian essentially. And she went on this, apparently Dandy and his crew had this crazy adventure for six months and they just have no memory of it. Mm-hmm. And and also, Admiral Perry is really mad because apparently the library chart this library planet charged him with an overdue book fee. <laughs> and he's super mad about it because he's a tightwad. Right. Well, and he's also a tyrant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, no, that's a part, that's the best part. Like, why is he so mad? And you're like, because he's a tyrant. He's a tyrant. And Dr. Joe's like, no, because he's that like has that big of a stick up his butt when it comes to finances. He's just petty. <laughs> he's he's willing to take over and basically commit mass murder on a planet because they keep bugging him about an overdue book yep that is amanda waller level of petty yeah you're not wrong actually (laughs) (laughs) and uh so they're showing up at the same time as all like once again as many episodes as you'll see when if you watch it lots of things just kind of collide together at the same time Mm -hmm. so the book explains to them like, oh, my favorite part is when it shows that Dandy and them, they're the ones that busted out the book from Perry to get back to the planet. When you see the security footage and the terrible masks they were wearing and nobody recognized who they were. I lost my mind. I, <laughs> I think that might be like the third hardest I've laughed at this show just because I like I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, just like. It's, he's it's, wearing a, a lunch bag over his head and you can see his pompadour sticking through it and I was like bro stop like, <laughs> you've got to like, stop this this guy, this guy looks familiar it's like you don't say and it reminds <laughs> me of like in Team Fortress 2 they made like meet the spy and he just has that piece of paper over his face with another character's face he's like gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> how do you and, do uh, fellow kids <laughs> <laughs> but um Oh my gosh. Um, I got a snort out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but what the library, what this like book does is it gives them this box to open as a gift, but just not to open it early. Mm-hmm. And because uh, if they open it early, there'll be consequences. And when they start firing upon the library planet, uh, it turns out this planet has weapons and they just annihilate the Gogol Empire right then and there. I know. <laughs> and right at the end, the funniest part is Jill finally figures out 
I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. He finally figures out his uh, formula. And what he was missing, because what he draws is a pair of boobs. And it solves the equation. My jaw hit the floor. Because I was like, I can't believe they brought that back. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was so funny. And so, like, even, like, when they're getting blown up, Jail's, like, dying, like, super happy because he's like, I finally figured it out. So he dies with a smile. And (laughs) that was all uh, he wanted. He had his own little character arc because he was going, like, full committed. I have to solve this equation. And yeah, like drawing on the floor and the walls. <laughs> Bia gets a chance to shine, and Dr. Gel, as we get reminded, oh, yeah, he's actually a brilliant scientist, which I think even the tyrant guy says. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, this guy's actually really smart. And then he just dies. And I was like, yeah. that's, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And I just, the best part is how this episode ends. It just makes this random, like, commentary on, like, how the, the changing landscape of like video for like the last 30 years or mm-hmm. like 40 now because inside the tape was a inside the box was a videotape that manipulates memories and that started an intergalactic war involving other forms of media like laser discs and like laser streaming. disc laser <laughs> and, disc and i was just like it's like, and because they're all fighting each other, it's going to go unrecorded. And I was like, this is what we're ending on? Just, they, I feel like there were a couple times where they're just like, you know what? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to throw in a random commentary on like the evolution of like video format. And uh, so, I, okay. So this not like this next one I, I enjoyed just because this show does a thing where like it, it tackles common things, especially you see if it's like sci-fi, but the way they go about it, you definitely don't see coming. And that is the, uh, nobody knows the chameleon alien baby. And wow. <laughs> yeah. This right? one, this one surprised me, but also probably has some of my favorite gags in the whole show. Oh, and absolutely. Is that your final dandy? Yeah, just that stare of like it has some of the funniest (laughs) stuff that QT has had like to work with and for that I'm thankful for it but is that your final dandy and (laughs) I I love also like because usually you can tell but this one actually made it like is that dandy though and if it was or if it wasn't it doesn't really matter because the thing is is that like you know, the, the whole plot is like they have this chameleon alien that can turn into anything that it sees and anything that it wants to. And eventually, I think after it turns into QT at one point, it turns into Dandy. And yeah. then it becomes so engrossed in trying to convince people that it's Dandy, it fully convinces itself and just breaks and becomes Dandy. So, yeah. like, it's and, not even chameleon anymore. It's just Dandy. And that's the best part. Even the narrator at the end of the episode was just like, yeah, chameleonian. It doesn't even know what it used to look like initially. It's copied so many people. It's lost its own identity. And you're like, oh, that's kind of deep. But um, yeah, if, I feel like this one was like a slight commentary on like, well, commentary, but like sort of a, a very spiritual homage to like Blade Runner too. Like, yeah. Are they trying replicants? To the dupl- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, to find, yeah. I mean, Fallout 4 was a giant love letter to Blade Runner. So I get that. I know. Oh, 
but what's it, a replicant and what isn't right and also if you are a replicant does that change that you could also be human or like are the replicants more human than the humans themselves in some capacity it, yeah it, it's so, a oh gosh we need to talk about Black i know Runner at some point <laughs> we will but i will also say like this episode also shows you how dumb all three of our main characters are because while this chameleonian is walking like as this middle-aged bald-headed guy in the background there's like there's one two three four of us okay so everybody's here and you're like wait what four <laughs> like, and then they freak out but they don't pay any attention to him. yeah and even the guy in the background is like freaking out with them trying to stuck like, be like oh if i just blend in and like, oh my and gosh part, he turns into a jukebox or like he turns into like a boom box and Andy puts in a tape and he starts bsing a song that was funny like, that was like snapping along to it. I was like, God, they're so dumb, but they're just so likable. And, <laughs> and and to your point, like, so when he becomes dandy and then they have a quiz off or a dandy off, if you will. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they both answer all the questions perfectly. Right. So they don't know. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they kind of just go. And that's when you find out dandy's ultimate view on life. Cause he has like this and they draw it to be super serious. It's like almost like a, I'm trying to, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's kind of like a teen Titans go to the movies when they look like super serious DC. Oh my like, gosh. Style. It was oh just like that. Oh my gosh. I and Danny's just ugh. sitting there like thinking it over. He's just like, Oh, he just goes, who cares, baby. Yeah. He's like, do you expect me to remember what I ate? And they're like, that is correct. Danny doesn't <laughs> remember anything from today. <laughs> I was like, it, it reminded me of the, the super serious teen Titans go episode. Or they're oh, like, yeah. we're our serious selves. Like, which is the funniest thing that show has ever produced. And there's some pretty funny stuff. Like, I know people will say whatever they want about Teen Titans Go, but when they hit it out of the park, it's oh, funny. Yeah. And it gave me very much vibes of what you just mentioned. I couldn't put my yeah. wor- I couldn't put my tongue on it. But I was like, is that the right word? I <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. But yeah. It was just, it's so funny because like, then you realize like Dandy's just such like a carefree, like, "Eh, I don't really care character that like anyone could basically like do what that chameleon did. (laughs) Just like take over his life. They're like, uh, sure. (laughs) And he just rolls with it. Cause like they're just walking along on the planet. And of course when, uh, Dr. Jell and them see him, they think, oh, maybe he's just trying to do something to like confuse them. So they pick, they thought, they think they captured Dandy. But they actually captured the chameleonian. Hmm. And so, and I just love, because Jell just turns around and sees, and he's looking at himself. He's like, uh, and he's like, hey there, sexy. He's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's like, you're not the doctor. I'm the doctor. And like, they get into that, like, that back and forth. It gets all existential. Like, am I the doctor? Who is the doctor? What is the doctor? <laughs> and I love how they're like, but what if actually Dandy is still the Chameleonian? And I was I like, know, right? but you didn't. I, oh my gosh. And then, I don't, and then I don't the know. Best part is, the Chameleonian <laughs> copies the narrator and starts trying to take the job from him. It's but so like, funny. It's, it's a great episode. And even though we know he's the real Dandy, do they know he's the real Dandy? And that's the doubt that lives there forever. It's kind of like the thing. This is also very much like the thing, but in a very lighthearted way, and also yeah. without the graphic violence and gore. So exactly. <laughs> but 
And to round out this insane season, it actually was very somber, very sad. Like, holy crud. But very sweet, like, too. Yeah, it was. And just uh, even vacuum cleaners fall in love, baby. Because I got to say it that way because it's, it's dandy. But um, uh, we've kind of got – you got a good background on, like, Meow. You've got a good background on on, on Dandy just – through the fact that he gets the most screen time since it's his show, but you haven't really got a whole lot of QT. This episode's basically all about him. Dandy and Meow are barely in it. Yeah. This, this is the QT episode we've been waiting for and yeah. it delivers. I was surprised by this, but in a way it wasn't a story that made me like it didn't drastically alter my opinion of the show because I'm already all in at this point. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's nothing that's going to stop me from really like just watching more and more of this, but they made me care about a character even more that originally was just like a fun kind of like, Oh, forgetful robot. But they gave this character sentience in a way that I really appreciated it without it being cheesy. It was kind of like AI. For anyone yeah. who's seen AI out there, it's kind of <laughs> like that. But they do an excellent job of displaying emotions with characters that aren't designed or programmed to have emotions like that. And yeah. it's a very interesting story on prejudice and violence and eye for an eye. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like. Hey, just remember the other shows this guy has made. So it would it fits with yeah. some of the other topics he's covered, but, right? Um, but in a much more comedic and kind of over the top fashion. And yeah. but towards the end, we get some really stylistic stuff that I thought was really cool. Like, oh yeah, with QT like jumping up the mech. Oh yeah, there's a mech in this, by the way. But <laughs> when he goes up the mech and he's you know, dodging all the lasers and trying to stop him. I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> that looks so good. Because <laughs> it looked, yeah, it looked amazing. And because this episode starts off of just saying like, this is the story of how a robot that does not have taste buds decided to drink a cup of coffee. And you're just like, well, why would you? And off you go into the episode. And <laughs> They don't care or, if you <laughs> if you want answers. Yeah. I was like, do you want answers? Well, too bad. Moving on. And um, <laughs> uh, he falls in love with a coffee maker. Literally, that's her name, coffee maker. Um, uh, and he, he it's it, it's very cute because of how innocent it is. Because QT goes on and on about how like, oh, human emotions are so stupid. Love is so stupid. You should be a superior robot like me. Ba 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 ba. And then he falls in love and it's, I thought it's adorable how he kept going back every day to order so he could see her. It was really cute. Alma. This is one of the episodes that Alma watched with me and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's very, uh, very big fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And cause he's, he, since he's never, well, as a robot has never experienced any emotion. He's not really a, He's trying to logically figure out what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, it's like child. Little boy. <laughs> you're trying to, <laughs> you're, you're trying to lot. Like if you figure that out, write a book, you'll become a billionaire. 
But, um, uh, so it keeps going and it's cute because it actually keeps track of the days because I think it's like the sixth place over the course of like what 28 days or I can't remember, but like uh, 23 days, 23. Okay. And it's like keeping track of it. And eventually, uh, coffee maker starts to malfunction mm-hmm. and basically gets sent to the island of misfit toys i guess <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> close to what it is but with <laughs> bloodthirsty robots yeah and if you think we're exaggerating we ain't but um and so qt is like well i gotta save her and he's like well she could like go onto the aloha oi we don't like dandy doesn't drink coffee it's fine and uh just very kind, like this man, a uh, robot, is working his hardest. He is trying his best, <laughs> and uh, gets there, and he finds her because there's this big like rave going on where he finds the only way I can describe the robot, basically like the old gold prospector robot, because it's what kind of looks like. That is the closest and, thing that I think I could come up with. <laughs> yeah, and so he finds her. But then finds out she's in love with the cash register. Oof. And I was like, ah, that's rough, buddy. And uh, it, it was a uh, much less abrasive way of saying, sorry, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it wasn't. But once again, since QT didn't know what was going on, he didn't do the whole thing that you should do of like, just ask. She would have told you. But yeah. he didn't know how to handle what he was experiencing because he's never experienced it before. And so it's like, okay, you it's like cute, sweet, a little sad. Then especially when he gets rejected, you're just like, oh now I'm, you know, sadder. Then you just go to like, what is happening? Because the prospector robot, don't know his actual name, just goes, All right, we're leading the revolution tonight. We're killing all the humans that think we're out of date. I'm like, what just happened here? This took a turn. Yeah. This, this is a different story now. <laughs> we got to stop taking this to a hundred thousand, like above and beyond <laughs> like where it was. And uh, all the robots get brought into it, except for coffee maker. And she's like begging QT. Like you have to try and stop. Cause once again, coffee maker can't move. She's literally a coffee maker. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, QT, you have to stop this. It'll, it'll kill cash register and kill. They'll all die. Cause she's like, the humans have weapons that will easily destroy them. And uh, QT, fresh off of being dumped, well, not dumped, but fresh off of being rejected, being is like harsh truth. Exactly. It's like, you know what? I got to go do the right thing. And that little robot trying his best. And then it gets crazier because there's pionium that he gets hit with that makes him like giant. So we get like a, we literally get a mech kaiju fight, which is amazing. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was very very cool, and it was one of my favorite parts. Like just the primal part of me, I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> right, freaking out a little bit. <laughs> you you need the unga bunga sometimes just to be like yes, <laughs> pretty much. You need the pr- you need the primal part satisfied from time to time. <laughs> but, but that's um, Pacific Rim for me where I'm just like, LOL, robot, punch, kaiju. And <laughs> that's all you need. And uh, so, uh, let's see. I mean, we, we get stopped. the ending because he wins. He defeats the mech. 
and they have Fine. him in like a study. Well, it's like it's a, I think it's his room on the Aloha Oi. Uh huh. Like, and he yeah. finally drink, and he finally drinks a cup of coffee, and he short circuits. Yep, <laughs> and, and the best part is like there's just they, Dandy and them the whole time are just like, why is there so much coffee in a robot's room? <laughs> I just it's so it's so bizarre. But my favorite part of that scene is how like all the cracks in his glass like are just covered in scotch tape. It's like yeah, yep. yeah, that'll fix it. But <laughs> it's, it's literally that scene from this is the end where they're trying yep. to do a prayer like the stone wall and there's this giant crack and they just take a giant strip of duct tape and just place it limply over it yep. that's or, the equivalent <laughs> or like when you see people who when they crack their phones like very severely and they're just the ways they're trying to fix it you're just like that does nothing <laughs> that, that is not the answer <laughs> and that is how like I mean I know Space Dandy now is sold as like one pack of 26 episodes mm-hmm. but like in the I guess like season one season two this is how season one or I guess like this is where the halfway like because there's a bit of a there's a few months break yeah so this is the last episode of like the first half and I thought it was great like it's a great way to like end it like after going on this crazy roller coaster. Yeah, and, no, it really was. It was a very emotional, but still spiritually fun episode. And it's the perfect ending to this half. And I'm I'm very happy so far, Caleb. I'm glad because. I mean, as we've alluded to already and talked about, like this, this is a show that throws a thousand things at you and minimum. It will, <laughs> I know, minimum. And it will explain two of them. The rest, you're on your own, kid. And um, uh, and you're either going to be okay with that or you're not. And if you're not, that's totally fine. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But it's just one of those shows that it kind of, and perhaps next week we can talk in more detail about it. But like, I feel like the show just didn't quite get the fair shake it deserves. Because if you watch this, like, you can tell like how much like, blood sweat and tears and passion and every like thought and everything else was just put into this and it's why i've always liked it and i i can't say anything else besides just like y'all y'all gotta watch it because as as crazy as it may sound to y'all as we've described this we're still underselling it Right. This is a show that you really have to watch. And for me personally, I'm glad that I watched it at the age that I am now. Like, I I think in college, I would have still liked it a lot. But the thing is, is like when the show first came out, I was like a junior in high school and I probably would not have been emotionally prepared for watching this because I would have been expecting something else because I was still coming off that Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shampoo High. And it really deserves a fair shake. It is very, very embracing of everything that it is and could be. And I mean, what else more do you need? Like, it's just these first 13 episodes are really something special. And yeah. we're going to talk about it more. So I'm not going to be like, do I recommend this show? Of course I do. We're doing two episodes on it. But yeah, it's beautiful. 
there's a lot of really wonderful detail and love and passion that goes into it. And we're going to talk about that more next week. So in conclusion, Mm -hmm. try and watch the first 13 episodes before next week's episode. We'll be ready. And remember, guys, we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Breaker. We are on Overcast. I think I might have already said that, but we're there. We are on what Anchor is calling Web Browser. Whatever that means, <laughs> it's a place you can listen to us. So go ahead and listen to us because we love you and we want to keep making content for you. So don't forget, watch Space Dandy, watch anime, watch what you love. And remember, I'm Austin Cook. And I am Caleb McLemore. We are the Internet World Order. We'll see you guys soon. And remember to go with the flow because that is the dandy way to live. We'll see you next week, baby.